Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Astros Baseball. On this episode, I have a special guest joining me today. It is Zach Ford, the author of Called Up. Ball players remembering becoming major leaguers. And this is one of my favorite things to hear stories about. So, Zach, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So, usually I ask about when did you write the book or, you know, all things about the book, but I want to start off with this give people something, you know, to listen to right at the beginning. What is your favorite? call-up story in the book that's funny you ask that um and that's a great question i get that um regularly and to be completely candid with you um i interviewed ball players for three years um i would interview a ball player sometimes i'd be like well this is a great story it's one of the best i've heard and then a week later i'd interview a different ball player and i'd go oh wow this is a great story it's one of the best i've ever heard <laughs> And this went on for like three years. Um, Obviously, when you interview so many players, uh, there are a few that kind of resonate a little bit more uh, than others. Um, There was one guy by the name of Michael Belfori in 2013, Baltimore Orioles, who was actually called up three times before he got into his first game. Uh, So you can imagine the emotional roller coaster going up and down three different times or up and down twice before getting into your first game, that third call up. Um, He gets into one major league baseball game towards the end of the season. uh, The Orioles are in town playing the Red Sox. Uh, He knows he's going to have a lefty lefty matchup when he comes in. He comes in and uh, he's facing David Ortiz and uh, David Ortiz hits a home run off of him. Uh, first and only major league game. Um, he, uh, indicated that uh, at the time, obviously he was pretty disappointed, but uh, in retrospect, 10 years later, it obviously makes a pretty good story. Oh yeah. Um, another guy by the name of Adam Greenberg. Um, some of us may have heard of Adam Greenberg. Adam Greenberg came up with the Cubs in 2005 in a game against the Marlins. His very first game, he gets put in as a pinch hitter. The very first pitch of his very first game, he gets beamed. And it's not just a bad beaning for base in baseball terms. Like he had some, you know, l- actual life concerns after that. Um, and he's trying to work his way back, um, is is not able to, ends up an independent ball, has a bit of a struggle uh, trying to get his way back up to the big leagues. And eventually about seven years later, there's a campaign for one at bat. Um, and... He gets a deal with the Marlins of all places. I think at the time he was practicing with Team Israel. And um, Marlins put him into a, a game. He gets his he gets his major league at bat. However, it's against R.A. Dickey. R.A. Dickey was nearly invincible <laughs> that year as a as a, a knuckleballer and actually won the Cy Young. Uh, and ended up, uh, Adam Greenberg struck out on three pitches. But uh, because 
the crowd knew his background of his story. He ended up getting a standing ovation for that for that one at bat. Um, nice. That's a that's a couple of them. There's a, a another guy by the name of Ryan Rowan Smith called up multiple times uh, before he got into his first game with the Mariners in 2007. Coincidentally, it was the very first series that King Griffey Jr. returned to Seattle as a member of the Reds. Um, and he's also a lefty. He's thinking, okay, well, I'm going to probably face a lefty. I just don't want it to be King Griffey Jr. And, of course, lo and behold, it's King Griffey Jr. <laughs> um, and he ends up striking him out. Very first batter strikes out King Griffey Jr. upon King Griffey Jr.'s return to Seattle. He said... Uh, he said that the uh, the place was definitely on their feet and cheering for the visitor, uh, King Griffey Jr. And when he struck him out, uh, the place actually booed him a little. Uh, obviously, <laughs> in a joking term, uh, but uh, those are a few stories that uh, resonate uh, a little bit more than others. But uh, if I start picking through there, I'm sure there'll be some other ones that uh, pop up oh, as yeah. well. So one of them struck out King Griffey. Mm-hmm. And the other one gave up a home run to Ortiz, and that was his only. That was his only, yeah. Mike Bell was that uh, his only. I mean, his only uh, person to throw to, or is just? Oh no, no, it was his only. In? It was his only major league game. Oh okay. Yeah, at the end of the 2013 season, but uh, that's uh, quite a quite a story he has in that book. So, what made you want to write this book? Well, how'd you come up with the idea? Um, I think we all see these viral videos each year of somebody calling up their mom after seven or eight years in the minor leagues or, you know, those types of stories you, you see uh, reported on. And I've always been interested a little bit more in the human interest side, the emotion side. Um, and I was trying to figure out how I can um, possibly capture that in book form. I was I, I searched around and I was to be candid. I was shocked nobody else had done it. Um, just because it's such, it, 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 you know, it's a it's a topic that kind of reoccurs every few years with a story coming up, but nobody had nobody had put it together in a book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that that was something that I might uh, be able to capture. And I'm I'm pretty glad uh, and pretty happy with how things turned out. I was able to capture 109 stories for the book. Uh, they're all uh, uniquely different, although they are all about call-ups and debuts. Um, and it was just, it was something that uh, kind of grew. The idea kind of grew, and um, I ended up talking to enough players to put together a book, and uh, here we are. I'm uh, pretty happy with how the product uh, turned out. How did you reach out to the players? How did you find? That's a lot of people to find. Yeah. I mean, it was really kind of a shotgun approach, I guess you could say. Um, there was no one way. I, I just, there's no yeah, one order to it. Um, a lot of them I found on social media. Um, I'd search, you know, major league alumni or something like that on, on Twitter. And those particular profiles would come up and send them messages. Um you know, and then after you become friends, you know, with a few folks, you get, you know, 
Facebook suggestions. Maybe you need to friend this person, or maybe you need to follow this person. I'm like, okay, well, I do a little, and I was like, okay, this person's wearing a major league uniform, or this person's name sounds kind of familiar. And then I really kind of grew my network from there. There wasn't a one particular way in which I did it, but I, if, if I had a guess, I would probably say two thirds or more um, actually came just from social media uh, searches, believe it or not. Uh, keep in mind, I'm I wasn't going after high profile Hall of Famers that require yeah. you know agent contacts <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, but I really think that the stories of the players that you know played just a few years, or you know, in the example that I gave you earlier, one game, uh, those games, those stories t- tended to be uh, pretty. I don't want to say stronger in all cases. But it, they definitely uh, showed a lot more adversity, ups and downs. Um, the the journeys definitely had more layers. Yeah, where these these guys were happy to tell their story, especially the ones oh, that had the had the uh, Ken Griffey and Ortiz thing. Some of these guys, you you know, you talked about you wrote the book, and you you can't believe somebody didn't write it. I actually talked to somebody on here once that wrote a book about a cup of coffee. It was just a whole book about people that had only played one oh, game. And yeah. so you're, that, that actually you have that aspect book. plus them getting called up. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that's a good book. Yeah. So out of all the people you talked to, who's like the most recent guy, like how, like how far away is the, is the latest person that you talked to? So I talked to players uh, who debuted ranging from 1961 all the way to 2018. The active player, the most recent debut um, is Patrick Wisdom, who came up with the uh, St. Louis Cardinals and is now with the Chicago Cubs. And who was the one from 1961? Do you remember that? Oh, Sam McDowell. Um, ah. A flamethrower from the... Uh, Indians came up as an 18 year old with the 1961 Cleveland Indians. They got called up a lot sooner back then. <laughs> yeah, there were <laughs> it, the journeys were definitely a little bit different. Yeah. Um, they have Larry have Durker. It's like Larry Durker's like Mr. Astro got called up at 18 and played forever. Then was a coach and was a broadcaster, but. Uh, you said you had a story about someone that debuted about in the Astrodome. I didn't cover that yet, did we? No, we had a, a there was actually a player um, who came up 1986 with the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, and he ended up debuting at the Astrodome. And I'll actually read, I'll read uh, his uh, a little excerpt from his uh, debut here. Okay. Um, I was originally scheduled to pitch against Nolan Ryan, but he was scratched at the last second and Jim Deshays was put in his spot. I was more scared about hitting against Nolan Ryan than I was pitching against him because in the minor leagues, you don't hit. Here I am not having swung a bat in I don't know how many years, and I've got to go to the plate against Nolan Ryan. I was afraid of being embarrassed. I was relieved that I wasn't pitching against him yeah he was very relieved that uh 
he got a late scratch and uh, Jim Deshays ended up filling in Nolan Ryan's spot. But I mean, that's that's kind of a unique element, right? Because you think about that because the National League pitchers hit back then. Yeah, uh, they didn't hit minor leagues, right? Uh, oftentimes they don't hit in high school. They don't even hit in, in college sometimes, uh, yeah. except for when they're playing different positions. So to all of a sudden be a, a minor leaguer called up and you're anticipating facing Nolan Ryan in your major league debut um, is <laughs> uh, definitely understanding, uh, understandably a little intimidating. It's funny that it's old school National League and he's, you know, he's he's going to face Nolan Ryan, the great pitcher. But he's not worried about beating him pitching. He's worried about hitting against him. So that's a that's a pretty cool element. <laughs> that doesn't happen anymore. They got rid of that. Yeah, yeah. No, no more pitchers hitting. Um, did you talk to most of these guys over the phone? Or did you get in touch with them in person or kind of Zoom, what we're doing now? All of the interviews were conducted by, um, by phone. So... Um, Interviews were conducted between the fall of 2019 and last fall of uh, 2022. Um, and they're all by phone. Um, typically, they would range from anywhere from 15 minutes to all the way about 50, 55 minutes. Um, but, you know, more than anything else, I was, you know, really focused on that particular era that that the the call up and the debut. So I was able to uh, conduct the interviews pretty efficiently by phone uh, and pretty quickly too. All right. So we, we talked about them getting called up and make, and having a debut, but did any of them have any kind of story about when they found out that they got get called up, you know, like what were they doing? Anything like that? Here's actually a, here's a here's a good one here. Um, I want to show I'll um, share this story because this is the story of Jason Bergman, who got called up in 2005 with the Washington Nationals. Now, Triple A for the Nationals in 2005 was New Orleans. He got called up during Hurricane Katrina. So that's pretty uh, pretty unique, uh, pretty unique background there. So he goes, he gets the news, he's trying to head to the ballpark to pick up all the stuff and then get to the airport. But obviously at that time, everyone else is trying to leave New Orleans as well. I'm going to read a little excerpt from his story. I'm sitting there in the car looking at my girlfriend, and I'm like, what if this hurricane screws up my chances of going to the major leagues? I'm in New Orleans. I can't get to the airport, and they need a guy for tomorrow. They could just call a guy from Harrisburg, and he'd drive up in no time. That was running through my head. Obviously, the hurricane was also a major issue because all of our stuff was there, her family was there, everything else. I get a call back and he says, get to Baton Rouge. We've got a flight for you at 5.30. We have three hours to get to Baton Rouge. It takes two and a half hours. I barely made the flight. <laughs> we get there and I have a decision to make. My girlfriend was driving me to the airport, but she obviously couldn't get back to be with her family because they had closed off all the access because of the hurricane. I'm sitting there at the gate and I'm like, well, how much does it cost for her to fly with me? They named the price. 
And I decided at that point, not just in my baseball life, but my future marriage, come with me. Let's do this. We both flew to Atlanta. I had a connection in D.C., and she stayed. The team was only going to be in D.C. for one more day and then head to Atlanta. I said, I'll meet you in 24 hours. It was the most amazing and worst day ever. We lost all of our stuff because of the flooding, but I got to realize my dream of becoming a major league baseball player. Wow. So what I wanted to do with these stories is capture what can't be obtained through a box score. And that's the feelings and emotions of becoming a major league baseball player, but then also some of the unique behind the scenes details of these stories that make them so emotional and make them so great. And obviously a story impacted by Hurricane Katrina is <laughs> pretty unique. Yeah. What a decision to make. I mean, he, he, <laughs> he could have decided to not worry about baseball and just try to protect his family and get them out of there or whatever. But that, that shows you how much it means to these guys to, to finally achieve their dream because they, they put in a lot beginning. of years. It wasn't full-blown Katrina at that particular no. time, but it was definitely during – it was at, towards the beginning of when when people were starting to evacuate. So he was dealing with the – he was dealing with the um, elements of, you know, obviously dealing with the hurricane, but, you know, packing up everything, getting things ready. Um, and, um, yeah, things things got interesting for him. <laughs> so these guys that get called up, do they kind of know that they're not going to stay there for a long time and they don't just like pack they don't pack up and move right they got to make sure that that they're going to stick there right yeah it really it, it's interesting it really kind of varies um i mean keep in mind to a lot of the ball players that are in the minor leagues i mean they're they're prepared for these types of moves regularly so it's you know they're um so they they kind of can anticipate hmm. um you know a little bit of fluctuation they've gone by the time they've reached the major leagues they've been sent up and down and around so they could kind of prepare a little bit more hmm. um obviously you can only prepare so much when a hurricane's about to hit your hit your place um but it is definitely a, it definitely a challenge for some of them you know some of them and and some of these stories too um the guys who may have a half dozen, almost 10 years in the minor leagues, by that time, you know, you're in your, you, you know, your late twenties uh, and, you know, maybe you have a wife, maybe you have a family. Uh, and it's not just you just being able to hop, you know, on a plane on a whim without any kind of concerns, only thinking about your career goals. You're also anticipating, okay, well, what happens with my wife? What happens with my kid? Um, but by, by far most, most stories, they, they kind of had could anticipate. And by that time they had already had enough moves to where it wasn't, uh, too dramatic. Most of the single guys, they live in apartments with other guys and they just throw everything in the bag and they're ready to go. Right. Yep. There were, there are quite a few stories like that, but, uh, yeah, there are definitely some family men too, that, uh, got called up when they're pushing 30 that uh, had a different orientation process. 
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So you're wearing a San Francisco Giants hat. Do you have any Giants stories? There actually are a few Giants stories. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, there's, um, uh, you know, maybe, you know, grabbing things and, not sure, not sure what you need to pack or whatnot. What's funny is uh, one of my favorite players when I was a kid by the, was uh, a player, utility player for the Giants by the name of Greg Litton. And I got to talk to him about his story. 1989, he got called up. Uh, Chris Spire, longtime Major League shortstop, was on the disabled list for the Giants at the time. He gets called up from Phoenix and reports now, he's not sure how long he's going to be there, but uh, he wants to take all of his stuff, right? He arrives in San Francisco, thinks he's going to have plenty of time to take his stuff and drop it off at the hotel, but his driver ends up taking him straight to Candlestick Park. He goes to Candlestick Park, walks in with his bags, and he, one of his bags was a golf bag, which he admittedly was not, he did, he admittedly did not make the best appearance on your first day in the big leagues. Yeah. So he walks in there, he has this golf bag. He's actually in the starting lineup that particular day, playing the Cubs and Greg Maddox. He gets actually hit by a pitch uh, by Greg Maddox. And in a interesting, uh, tidbit there the pitcher for the giants that particular day was rick russell who's a longtime veteran he had 15 almost 20 years in the major leagues by that time and Litton said it was it was cool because the next inning russell actually brushed back sean dunston just to protect Litton on his first day of the big leagues he thought that's kind of cool a veteran with nearly 20 years in the big leagues is protecting me like this in my big league debut <laughs> so game wraps up he goes to the dugout he goes to the dugout he goes to the locker room and he finds that a teammate had taken one of his golf shoes and passed it around to some of the other giants and they had signed it so they had he had ended up with a golf shoe signed by a bunch of the players and he looks and he looks at the tongue of the shoe and they had Roger Craig, who was the manager of the San Francisco Giants, sign hit the tongue of his golf shoe. So it's kind of interesting, a little a unique hazing um, experience there with a little humorous twist. Yeah, because he brought his golf bag. <laughs> <laughs> so um, did you talk to anybody that got called up and they like, had long you know they were there for a while in the major leagues or yeah i mean i I talked to players with two-day service and i talked to 
players with more than two decades service. The person with the longest amount of service that I spoke to was Jerry Royce. Came up in 1969 with the Cardinals and pitched until 1990, I believe he uh, finally retired with the uh, Pirates. Um, but he was, you know, he's he definitely the one with the longest amount of major league tenure, 22 years, 22 seasons. Wow. What was his call up story? Remember that? He actually found out through a letter at the end of the year. He said that the uh, Cardinals sent out letters and he found he got a letter in the mail and he found out that way. You know, typically you hear about, you know, a manager getting you know, pulling you into the office or something like that. But he found out through a registered letter. And what was also cool about Jerry Royce, too, um, is that he grew up in the St. Louis area. So he ended up, you know, getting, you know, basically becoming like the hometown guy, right? Um, getting called up. And he eventually ended up appearing in one game that year. His major league debut uh, was uh, at Jerry Park in Montreal. Uh, but he ended up a few additional years with the Cardinals afterwards. So, the hometown guy, hometown kid made good. And then obviously he went on for many more years with many other teams uh, at the major league level after that. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Like any kind of stories or, or maybe tell the listeners why they should read this if we haven't talked them into it already? <laughs> well, I, I think that it's, um, you know, this is a book about first person human interest stories. Um, baseball fans will love this, uh, because there's obviously a lot of different baseball themes in, involved in it, obviously are surrounding call-ups and debuts, but non-baseball fans or baseball fans, you know, that maybe just have a, a smaller understanding of the game, or maybe just a, you know, not a, quite as serious of baseball fans, I think will also appreciate this because it's a, a collection of inspirational stories of achieving that goal. And the goal for this particular book just happens to become be becoming a major league baseball player. But I think that any reader would be able to appreciate that. Um, the, the first person human interest uh, stories uh, are going to be inspiring for baseball fans and non-baseball fans alike. Yeah. I'm like you, I love these kind of stories. So it's definitely <laughs> going to be a good book. So you said you talked to 109 players. 109 players are in the book. Um, I actually talked to 149. Wow. Um, just when um, all was said and done. Uh, I Originally, I wasn't sure exactly how I was going to have this book released. Uh, when I did get a book uh, deal from McFarlane, uh, McFarlane understandably uh, wanted me to go out and get um, releases from the players. Um, so I ended up with enough, you know, releases for, you know, 90,000 words what they what they wanted I ended up giving them 95,000 words and 109 Man. stories so so how do what do you mean release the some of them you could oh, I'm get sorry it, like uh, releases just so they can use like when I interviewed them yeah. so they would then sign the release and just say oh, okay yeah. well McFarlane or Zach Ford has the permission to oh, okay. to use my interview text yeah without so how, any did, how did you divide this book up into chapters if it I actually ended up, uh, you know, I, I went back and forth on how to organize this for a while. And originally when I submitted the the manuscript, I actually had it organized in alphabetical order. Um, and, you know, the, the editor and I, you know, traded ideas back and forth. And we ultimately 
we ended up deciding to do it in uh, time frame sections. So we have 60s and 70s as one. We have 80s, we have 90s, and we have since 2000. Um, and breaking it down in that way, I think, was ultimately the best way to do it because you can see common themes of how the call-up is being impacted. Um, you know, like the 60s and 70s, you know, we have, you know, an era of expansion. Um, we have, you know, minor leagues disbanding. So if first amateur drafts held during that era too. So it gives you an idea of the context that's impacting some of these call-ups during these particular timeframes. So if you do it that way, you can also, you're also going to notice the different ways, right? That the players are getting called up from letters to now they call them in and, and try to scare them and then make videos. It's yeah. kind of a bigger deal now. And uh, people will be able to look it up. You know, they, they can just skip to an era that they want to read if they want to read that first, right? They don't really have to. I think that's a good yeah, way the way the it. book is set up. The way the book is set up, people can pick it up and uh, search for it by player, search for it by team. Um, it's an order, an order by time frame section. But there's you don't have to pick up and start on page one and end on page two hundred and thirty. Um, yeah. It's a book that is, you know, your 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 perfect kind of book to you know pick up and if you want an inspirational story that'll take you ten minutes to read. You know, you got that. If you want to crank out a few, have a little bit more time, you could do that too. Um, I wanted to make sure that that book was presented in a way that, uh, you know, folks can, you know, pick it up and flip through it however they want. Are you happy with the way the book turned out? I'm very happy with the way it turned out. I'm very thankful for McFarlane uh, Publishing and just the recommendations that they had uh, to enhance the project that I was already working on and the ideas that I already had. I'm I'm very happy with how things turned out and very appreciative for McFarland for giving me the opportunity to, to make it become a reality. Is the book already out? The book is out. The book is out. Uh, calledupproject.com is the website I have. Uh, from there, there's multiple ordering links that you could click on directly from McFarland. McFarland actually is doing a 40% off sale, holiday 23. If you have any listeners within the next like week or so through Cyber Monday, holiday 23 at mcfarland.com. There you uh, go. Or, yeah, look up McFarland, McFarland called up, Zach Ford. Uh, go to McFarland and uh, get that book uh, for 40% off now through Cyber Monday. But yeah, I mean, you obviously get it through Amazon. You also, I also have the book uh, available on Amazon Kindle. And Barnes and Noble uh, Nook as well, if you're interested in the ebook versions. I think everything's available on Amazon. <laughs> is this your first book? It is my first book. Hopefully, it won't be my last though. Ooh. So what? Do you, what did you do before you wrote a book? Are you a sports writer? Like, what, what's your profession? I'm uh, somebody who just uh, you know, like Loves a big baseball, baseball nerd okay. uh, who's <laughs> been involved in. You know, kind of writing freelance from time to time. And when I was in high school, um, that's what I really was interested. I want to become a sports journalist. Um, and that was in the 90s. And I uh, went off to school and realized, you know, at the very early stages of the Internet that, 
you know, if, if, if I don't open up my, my thoughts, my uh, ideas beyond just writing about baseball, um, my, my window of success or opportunity is pretty limited. So um, I was pretty much just interested in just writing baseball. So I ended up actually <laughs> becoming a, a business and marketing major and um, pursued that route. But um, baseball and baseball writing has always been a hobby of mine. All right, guys. So once again, you can get that book at McFarland.com. 40% off with the code Zach Ford. Is that what you said? Uh holiday 23. Holiday 23. Um, and actually, if they go to called up, if they go to called up project uh, com, that's probably the best website because that has multiple different ordering options. Okay. Called up project. That's how you find it, folks. And I'll be sharing this on social media. But Zach, I appreciate you coming on and and uh, talking about your book with me. Thanks so much for having me, Rob. I really appreciate it. You have a great night. All right, thank you. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Zach Ford as much as I did. See you next time on Astros Baseball. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.